Blog Talk Radio.
Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, give us a call. You can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And while you're at it, visit our website, which is prayerinternational.org. Um, I am your co-host for tonight, Sean Holmberg, um, along with um, Paul Pintor and Chris may show up sometime tonight. I have no idea what's going to happen, um, but we're going to leave it in the hands of God, as always, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, glorify Jesus tonight. Father, we ask that your will be done through this broadcast, Lord, for the next two hours, Lord. Let your hand move across the listening audience, Father, whether they're alive or listening to an ark of God. Reveal yourself to them, Lord. Open the eyes of their hearts, Lord, that they be flooded with the light, Father. Lord, for those who are believers out there, Father, we come together in agreement according to your word, Lord, asking that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, Father. Lord, asking that you would reveal to them how your word declares they are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, Father, that they are above and not believed. Father, your word declares that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Father, we ask tonight that you would reach out to the lost sheep. Father, the lost sheep who don't know your voice, Lord. Lord, those who don't know you, Father, and turn their hearts towards you, God. Father, tonight we call out for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, Lord. Father, you said bless those who bless Israel, Father. You said to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Father. So, Lord, we cry out to you, Father. Lord, asking that you would establish your righteousness through Jesus Christ in Jerusalem tonight, Father. Father, for every country, Lord, on the face of this planet, Lord, from Canada to the United States, Father, Russia, China, India, Australia, Indonesia, Algeria, Libya, Sudan, Father, to the United Kingdom, Father, Saudi Arabia, Iran, and the rest of the Middle East, Father, for India, Lord, Brazil, Bolivia, Peru, Argentina, Father. Father, let your spirit go forth into the nations, Lord, declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord tonight, Father. Father, not only that, Lord, but we're believing you for signs and wonders. Father, not by the works of men, Father, but by your own hand, Lord. For your word declares it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. So, Father, whatever people are listening tonight, Lord, Father, we ask, Jesus, that you would meet them at the point of their need, Father. Lord, increase their faith in believing you, Father. Your word declares that anyone who comes to you must believe first that you are and that you're a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Lord, you said to draw near to you and you would draw near to us. Father, reveal to them that they're children of light, Lord. Reveal to them the freedom they have through Christ Jesus, Lord. 
that all chains have been broken, all shackles have been loosed, Father, all the prisons have been opened, Father. And we have salvation and redemption and deliverance through your blood, through the blood of Jesus Christ, to whom be all the praise, honor, and glory, Father, in this age and that which is to come, Lord. For you exalted him and gave him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. Father, we ask for a visitation of your presence, Father, the goodbye glory that night, Lord. Father, that we could step into the secret place, Father, into your presence, Father. Like the woman with the issue of blood, Father, who just knew that if she pressed in, Father, to touch you, Lord, that she would be healed. Father, in the same way, we desire... God, we desire the same thing, Lord, to be in your presence. Father, we desire to know you, Lord, as you have known us, Father. Father, open our eyes, Lord. Open our ears, Father. Let us hear your voice tonight, Father. Give us dreams and visions, Lord. Give us revelation, Father. Birth revelation in our hearts tonight, Father. Lord, not our desires, but your desires, Father. Not our dreams, but your dreams, Lord. Not our ambitions, Father, or our wants, but yours, Lord. Let our needs, Father, be to serve you, Lord, and to see the name of Jesus glorified in the nations, Father. Lord, your word declares that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind, Father. So, Lord, we ask for boldness tonight, to boldly reclaim your words of truth to the nations, Father. With the issue of blood, we press in, we press in, like the blind
Trespasses. 
But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So the story behind this is um, Jesus walked by, he saw a fig tree, and he wanted to have some of the fruit on the fig tree. And um, the fig tree didn't have any fruit. And Jesus, being the Father, being the Maker, uh, being the potter, if, and it says um, that he's the vine, we are the branches, if he comes around to us asking for us for fruit, we have no right not to be able to reduce it. The Bible says you'll know a tree by their fruit, whether good or bad. So Jesus cursed this fig tree, like the scripture says in the end. Um, he will, um, the trees that don't bear fruit will be cast out. And um, they freaked out about it. It was the disciples, of course, because they still hadn't begun to understand faith and who he really was. Um, they, they've heard about him. They, they heard what he said, who he said he was, but they hadn't, it hadn't really sunk in that this was the Son of God. And he said, have faith in God. He didn't say have faith in yourself, believe that you're doing everything perfectly. He said, have faith in God. And he says, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast to the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he said will be done, he will have whatever he asks. And he says, whatever you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. It doesn't really make much sense of us to come continually before the Father praying for the Lord to do things if we don't believe that, number one, he's able to or that he will. There's, um, there was a blind man at a pool, at the pool of Aseta in Matthew, I believe it's Matthew, and Jesus walked him and said, do you want to be made well? And he said, yes. And there was another time where some blind men walked up to Jesus, and he said, and Jesus just looked at them and he said, "Do you believe that I can do this?" And they said, "Yes." Faith, it says in Hebrews eleven one, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you're going to come to God, you need to believe that He is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, and that his word is true, and that he's a God who doesn't lie. The Bible says that he's not a man, that he should lie. He said that every word that proceeds from his mouth will not return to him void, but will accomplish everything which he said. Jesus himself said everything he spoke, he only spoke because he heard it from the Father. Everything he did, he only did it because he, got, because he heard it from the Father. All the words that came from Jesus came from the Father. Jesus said, how long have I been with you? And you asked to show me the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and my Father are one. So along these lines, um, multiple times, Jesus said, um, in my name, you'll cast out demons, you'll raise the dead, you'll lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, um, how do you do it? You trust God. You believe and you take a step of obedience and to do what the will of, what the word of God says. Jesus said, whatever things you ask in my name, I will do it. When he says, if two or more of you are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. It says in Isaiah, by his stripes we are healed. It says in First John, if we know he hears us, we know we have the petitions we ask of him. 
So we come to the Father, not because we have some special anointing because of anything else, just because the Word of God says that if we ask Him anything in His name, He'll do it. Whatever things we ask the Father, we believe we have received them. Regardless of what the circumstances say, regardless of what your environment looks like, regardless of what anything looks like, we come to the Father and we believe that he's able to accomplish everything his word declares. That being said, you know, you don't always have to have the perfect prayer. You know, really, the prayer doesn't matter because God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at your heart. Sometimes you don't need a great deal of words. Sometimes you do. There are some prayers that happen in a blink of an eye. There are some healings that will happen in a blink of an eye. Paul, can, Paul, Chris, we can tell you of countless stories of people who've been healed instantly. And then some people get healed not instantly, but they get healed a couple days later. Either way, it's not us. It's the Father. It's his glory. It's the dominion of the Lord upon this earth. So, um, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, here's what it is. Um, you know, we stand in a place, the Bible says that we are ambassadors of Christ. All the authority Jesus had was given unto us. Um, the Bible says that all throughout the New Testament where Jesus, with most of the miracles that he did, he did it with the, with the disciples, um, like the water turning into wine. Jesus told them to take the water out to the feast. When they acted in obedience, the water became wine. The miracle happened. When there was the loaves and the fish, and Jesus broke the few loaves and the few fish, and he gave them to his disciples, they didn't multiply until the disciples took action and became obedient to the word of Jesus. And that's when the miracle happened. When they were all on the boat and it was stormy, the wave was boisterous, and they were all freaking out, and they woke up Jesus and they said, don't you care, we're perishing. And Jesus walked up and he looked at the at the wind and the wave and the storm and he said, calm, be still. He didn't scream and shout and everything else. He didn't um, start screaming, demanding, um, I rebuke you and blah, blah, blah. He just said, be still. Because he knew who he was. He knew the place he had in the Father. He knew the authority that he'd been given him to by the Father. And we too, as ambassadors and representations of Christ upon this earth, having been given the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, have the same authority that Jesus said we have. If you want to have the authority, if you want to walk in the authority of Christ, be filled with the Holy Spirit and then start believing what His Word declares about you. The biggest problem with Christianity today is most Christians don't believe that they're Christians. Um, either they don't know they're Christians and they don't know what, what Christians really are, um, or they have heard and they just don't believe it. But you can't believe part of God and not all of them. He's not only our Savior he's also, and our Redeemer. He's also our Master. He's also our Healer. He's also our Provider. He's all in all. He's everything. You know, um, if you want to know... I heard this once. Um, if you want to know why when Peter would walk down the street, his very shadow would pass over someone and they would be healed. It wasn't because of the anointing of Peter necessarily. It was, and it wasn't that his shadow has an anointing because the shadow doesn't have any form or substance of itself. But the shadow 
will reflect that which overshadows you. And which was the sun, for example, and in our life, our very presence, our, our words become, in a way, the words of Jesus when we speak, when we're speaking his words out to the world. It's the same authorities if Jesus were speaking them, because we're speaking them on his behalf, and we become his ambassadors and um, representatives on this earth. Um, so we're going to pray, um, we're going to start praying. Um, we have um, Cheryl on the line, or not on the line, but, um, we have Cheryl in the chat room, and um, her son had kidney stones, and so she was up all night um, with her son. Um, I've never had kidney stones, I'm assuming some of you have, and I can assume from what I've heard and read that they're quite painful. Um, but it's a small thing to the Lord. It's a big thing as far as his compassion and how much he cares for us. But it's a small thing for his power. And when it says, by his stripes we are healed, there wasn't a limitation put on that. It's just what he said, by his stripes we are healed. And so um, we're going to pray. We're going to start off and pray for Cheryl. Um, So here we go. Father, your word declares that if we ask anything in your name, Lord, that you'll do it, Father. Lord, we already know your word declares that by your stripes we are healed, Father. So not for our glory, Lord, not for our praise, but for your name to be great, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father, we command every kidney stone to dissolve right now. In Cheryl's son, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, pass over him right now, Father. Completely and totally heal every ailment, every infirmity in his body right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We command his body to line up with the word of God right now, Father, all pain to go in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We command this body to line up with the word of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, The reason why I listed the Matthew 8, 5 through 8, through 13 is there was a time that I prayed for my mother-in-law and I always want to continue to emphasize to everyone that listens that we're no different than y'all the only difference in us and everyone else is, is everyone's arrangements are a little different and we just choose to pray from 10 to midnight, um, something we're called to do. Um, so anytime we, what I always try to do is share everything that has been given to us freely, um, meaning videos, if you scroll back up in the chat room, I put uh, two videos that I recommend people to watch. Um, You can go over to, you can go up to the top of the chat room screen and right below about, you'll see 
Yeah, there you go. All right. One of those is laminin, and the other one is about the universe, how God made the universe. And when you really understand how small our little problems are, our pain, kidney stones, gallbladder, I want to treat y'all like Christopher treated me because I remember when I first started praying, I used to go get him. <laughs> and I'm going to tell people this, and I'm going to tell him, and I'm going to tell him. But, but Christopher, Christopher used to, he just used to look at me with this funny-looking smile. And it made me want to punch him. Um, but he'd tell me, bro, he said, you got the same Holy Ghost I have. And he'd get his hand, he he. He used to put it on my heart, you know, as part of impartation. Because this young man flows. He has a lot of fruit in his basket. So, you know, we one day I just started picking up my own wheelbarrow and, you know, told my own Bible. And signs and wonders and miracles were following me. Um you know, it's Jesus. You guys have got to understand it's Jesus. Um, you know, it's Jesus. The power is in the blood. The power is in the name of Jesus. Um, I've had a bad tooth on my lower molar. And two years ago back home, actually three years ago, uh, back in Dallas when I lived in Farmersville, um, every now and then it, my lower jaw would fester and it was like I had a pinto bean or something on the inside of the skin down on my lower jaw inside my mouth and I remember I used as I was taking my hand and fixing to put it on my cheek the power just because of the name of Jesus as I was saying getting the letter J out of my mouth in Jesus, that old blister infection would just blow up, and I'd have to go rinse my mouth out, and it'd come back, and I'd do it again, and he'd come back, and I'd do it again, and we'll finally get it, you know. Um, uh, it hadn't came back in three years. I still got a hole in my tooth. I keep praying I'm going to wake up with a new tooth. But if not, hey, you know, I'll go bless my dentist, you know. That's what that's what doctors are for, you know. We we move in the anointing as far as we can and you know, I, I mean, hey, if I gotta get it pulled, I get it pulled. Um uh my my pulse of wisdom though. But, you know, we I I wanna really stress to anyone listening that you guys have the same Holy Ghost that we have. Um there, there there's there's nothing different Okay, maybe, um, maybe it might be in the emotional makeup, you know. Um, so we, I try to share songs, worship uh, with you guys, um, videos, so that the knowledge of God is your driver, um, so that it can download wisdom. If you go see what's going on with Laminin, and if you already if you already know who Louis Giglio is, um, whenever you look 
on the YouTube. If you look to the right-hand side, you'll see some other ones out there. He's got a um, great CD or DVD called uh, Fruit Cake and Ice Cream. Um, an awesome movie about a Christian who rented her room out, and then the woman that moved in, I'm just going off about a year of memory, was not a Christian. And uh, But you need, to, you need to watch it. It's great. So anyway, um, I want to emphasize to you guys that, that one of our responsibilities here today is is to help try to equip you so that based on the circumstances that we've had in our household, and God has flowed through us supernaturally and provided healings in our family. Um, I want to pray for your son as a backup prayer, uh, the same prayer that I prayed for my mother-in-law that healed her abscess tooth. And if you all recall, we had my mother-in-law, Delia from Fort Worth, on the line the other night. And, you know, rather than drive from Farmer's Field to Fort Worth, you know, we, you know, I, I wasn't going to do it. You know, I I just tell her, we're going to let God heal you, and we're going to do it long distance. We already, God already healed her eyes by laying hands on them. So rather than going out there and having to lay hands on her again, we just did it, and we stood on Matthew 8. The, the, the Lord gave me the, the, the scripture, Matthew 8, and then he told me he, that she would, that all the swelling in her face, her eye was completely swollen shut. And, and the Holy Spirit told me, and I didn't like it now, that in eight hours, her face, all the swelling will be gone. She could open up her eye, and all the abscess will be gone. And I'm going to tell you something. Um, it's like a prophetic word. When a prophet gets out there, and he get, the Lord downloads him something, stirs uh, uh, a, you know, a prophetic word in the spirit. And he testifies and he, he presents that word to, you know, the other person. He's either a prophesier or he's a proper liar. You know, and if it's from God, then everything that came out of the prophet's mouth is going to be in line with the word of God. And they're going to walk away out, away from the prophet with a true word from God. So, Believe me, um, after I told my mother-in-law that when she woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning, all that pain was going to be gone, the swelling was going to be gone, she was going to be healed. To be honest with you, I never questioned it. Um, I didn't think, well, I hope she don't wake up at 4 and <laughs> both sides of her face are swollen, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I just I, I told her that, I said, when you get up, I just knew in my spirit, you know, I just, in my knower, my knower knew. And believe it or not, she woke up eight hours later, four, she woke up at 4.30 and she went to the bathroom and looked and all the swelling was gone. And she called us about it the next day. And, you know, but the long story is, is God healed her. Uh, I don't know why God heals some people and he heals others. I, I don't know. It, it's just not our prayer. You know, I don't think it is. Um, you know, sometimes it's generational curses. Sometimes, you know, it's somebody else's sin. You know, I hear these big-time preachers 
you know, that are awesome men of God, you know, they always ask, you know, how did the sin enter your life that you have have this, you know, infirmity? Um, so, Heavenly Father, um, um, I believe Sherry's son's name is Andrew. Um, Heavenly Father, it is. I want to come to you, Heavenly Father, boldly, with complete confidence, Heavenly Father. Your word says that we fail because of the lack, the lack of knowledge. It says it in Hosea. Lord God, Sherry has the same Holy Ghost that I have. Heavenly Father, as an ambassador for the Lord, it is in my heart that we pour out our love, the love of Jesus on our guest, that we help equip our guest. Lord, I want to ask you and I want to thank you that you pour out your spirit on Sherry. Heavenly Father, let her know, Father, change the countenance of her spirit. Change the emotional makeup of her walk. Rearrange and establish the atmosphere in her house, Heavenly Father. With your spirit, Father, with your love, with the fruits of the spirit, draw her near to you, Heavenly Father. Build up her faith. Your word says that without faith, Heavenly Father, that it is impossible to please you. Heavenly Father, I call on your name. Your name is above all names. Your word says that you're not a man that you shall lie, so therefore, from that alone, it has to be impossible for us not to have faith. We ask you, Heavenly Father, that you pour out the spirit of knowledge of God and that you be the driver in her life, Heavenly Father. The entire countenance of her spirit be rearranged, the landscape be reformatted in her walk, Heavenly Father. As you draw her near, Heavenly Father, we ask you, Father, to give her a fresh encounter of revelation, a fresh encounter of faith, a fresh encounter of honey from the rock, Heavenly Father, anointing oil, Heavenly Father, that she would perceive who you are, that she would perceive and retain your knowledge, that she would abound in faith, Heavenly Father, with adoration, Lord God. Heavenly Father, as we stand on the word of God, your word says in Isaiah 55, 11, that every word, not some of the words, but every word, Heavenly Father, that proceeds the tongue of your mouth, the lips of your mouth, Heavenly Father, that they will prosper in the things that you sent them forth, that they will not return void. Heavenly Father, the Word of God says that we are to stir up that Spirit of God in us, the Spirit of God that you have given us, Heavenly Father. Lord God, as we stand in the gap, 
as a point of contact. I ask Sherry to stick her arm out to her son. As we pray over these kidney stones, in the mighty name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. In John eleven twenty five, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. John 10, 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So, Heavenly Father, because you are the light of the world, because your word says that, that by Jesus' stripes he's healed, and she has her hand forth, Heavenly Father. We send forth your angels, your ministering angels, Lord God. As we send forth the pediatricians, the family doctors, the MDs, the DOs of heaven, we ask you, Father, that you send your angels forth, the healing angels of Nazareth. Your angels, God. And as we stick our hands out in faith, we bind and we curse the spirit of infirmity in Andrew. We ask you, Father, that you lift him up emotionally, spiritually, in the name of Jesus off that bend. And as you apply your loving hand over his stomach, Heavenly Father, and behind his back, that same resurrection power of Jesus that raised him from the grave. Every kidney stone, all sizes, we command you to be dissolved, dissolved in Jesus' name. We bind and we curse the spirit, affirmity of kidney stones, and we cast you to the sea. Be ye dissolved in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, as we lift Andrew to you, from the crowns of his head to the soles of his feet, Lord God, we ask you and we thank you that you restore him. We speak a creative miracle over his kidneys, Heavenly Father, that all these kidney stones will be dissolved in the powder, in the water, and that they will flow through the kidney, through the urethra, and down the drain in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We will see a testimony, Lord God. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Heavenly Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We thank you, Father, that you will raise up a prophetic generation out of that household that will sow their lives in the kingdom soil. Amen? Amen.
Um, so, Sherry, what you ought to do, um, don't go ask your son how he feels. Don't allow the devil to put the pain back on him. You need to just turn on some music in your house. You can go to the Prayer International website, and on the very front home page, down in the links, you'll see IHOP. And if you go to IHOP, they got 24-7 prayer and worship. You can leave that going on in your house, then it will change the whole, the, the, the entire atmosphere, the whole makeup of your house. Um, and just praise Jesus. Um, for the uh, healing. Um, when you get around your son, you just need to touch him on the stomach or just, just real lightly and command that pain to go in Jesus' name, wherever he may have it in the future. You know the story about me driving that nail to the end of my toe, all the way up underneath my toenail and up the top of my toe. And I, I'm going to tell you, I, my wife will tell you, Monty will tell you, I never had any pain. I, when it happened, I knew something happened. And I just said, Lord Jesus. <laughs> and when I went to pull my boot off, I thought, wow. You know, in Jesus' name, I said, go get the chainsaw, you know. Because we poured chainsaw gas on it. Um, so, um, that sounds great. We already keep praise and worship in the house 24-7. Hallelujah. Um, the devil won't come there if you're listening to praise and worship. Um, so, again, for those of you that have just joined, if you look at the chat room, there are some links from Louis Giglio. Two of them. Um, yes. Oh, I already know what you're going to tell me. Um, but anyway, we got some links up there that we're sharing with you guys that you need to start watching so you can see what laminin is, especially you, Ophelia, in Singapore. Um, uh, you guys just got to understand, um, our job is to help disciple y'all. So that y'all can go one day, one day y'all are going to have y'all's own prayer line. You know, because y'all have the same Holy Ghost we have. Okay? And what do you mean teaching high kingdom? Um, so let's pray for Christopher and Tracy. You know, anytime you're in ministry, um, uh, um, you need prayer. Uh, I 
personally don't ask anyone to pray for me. It's very, very rare if I do. Um, I just believe that God knows my needs, but I still want to pray for Christopher, you know, because I know Christopher's praying for me already. I know Papa Moses prays for me. Sean's prays for me. So, anyway, Sean, we're going to pray for Chris. Um, Heavenly Father, we come to you, Heavenly Father. You know our needs. You know Christopher's needs, Heavenly Father. Lord, we just ask you that you pour out your spirit over Texas, Heavenly Father, that you draw near to you, Heavenly Father, prophets, apostles, teachers, pastors, evangelists, missionaries in the name of Jesus over Garland. Heavenly Father, we pray that you just bring up a prophetic generation under Christ's mantle. Heavenly Father, a five-fold ministry in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we pray over Christopher that you will open up doors of opportunity in the real estate market, in the ministry. Heavenly Father, that your word will go forth, that he will be a household name. Heavenly Father, in the household across the globe, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you that all of the days that Christopher never ceases to fail in prayer, Heavenly Father, um, we thank you that by his calling, Heavenly Father, you're calling on his life, that all the people that you put in his past, Heavenly Father, that he has discerned, just in the past week, that, Lord God, you have rewarded him greatly. Heavenly Father, we pray that you just, we thank you that you just keep continuing, Lord, to open up doors, sending business, deal flow. Heavenly Father, uh, that you keep garnering traction, uh, pulling in from the multitudes, Heavenly Father, business for both him and Christopher, or him and Tracy, Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. And, Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Um, Sean? Yes, um, I'm going to let you pray for a guy here in my neighborhood. Um, he... Um, Had he had one of the probably two highest um, incomes in this area, um, he's not a farmer. Um, but just a regular person that has a job working for the other man. And he just lost it, okay? Um, they uh, fired him and for sexual harassment. And I don't know all the, the story of it, you know? Um, but I do know I, I, I want to stand in the gap on his behalf. Um, I had a gentleman in my house tonight, and we was talking about it, and 
um, you know, his wife is standing right there with him. She's supporting him. You know, uh, she's doing what a Proverbs 31 woman should do. You know, there's always, there's three sides of the story. His side, her side, and the truth. Amen. And only God knows the truth. You know what I mean? That's right. So, um, but I think it cost him about a seventy, eighty thousand dollar job. <laughs> so you know, uh, we'll, we'll let you pray for him, and then if you want, um, what's his name? Um, go ahead. What's his name? Well, I really don't want to say a name. Just, okay, just we'll to be very confidential. Yeah. Okay, that'll work. Uh, for kingdom, kingdom here, standing in the gap uh, is. The best way to put it, I guess, in my terms, is to give you a visual image. It's where you're standing between God and whoever else it is, whether it's a person or a nation. Um, sort of like if you go back into Genesis, um, when Abraham uh, was praying for for Sodom and Gomorrah, um, and he, um, you could read the whole story um, in Genesis, and the Lord was going to destroy the city, and Abraham's will, will you destroy it for this many righteous? And the Lord was like, well, no, if I find that many righteous, I won't destroy it. And Abraham kept praying and praying and interceding and interceding. And, you know, the Bible throughout the Old Testament, um, God always asked why he couldn't find an intercessor, why there wasn't anybody to stand in the gap on behalf of the nations. And um, because if we have the ability to pray, we know what the word of God says about um, him hearing our prayers and how he answers our prayers. And we know the authority we have in the spiritual realm. Because, you know, Paul said um, in Ephesians, he said, we don't fight against flesh and blood. I think it's Ephesians. Uh, it says, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Um, and your prayers, you don't always have to be in the same room with someone to pray for them. You could be on the other side of the globe and pray for him. And since, you know, God's spirit is everywhere and he hears everything and he's a lot bigger than this whole universe put together, um, the words and the prayers have the same effect than if you were standing in the room because the Holy Spirit's wherever they're at, um, which is why we stand in the gap and why we pray. Um, so, Father... Um, for Paul's friend, Lord, this person in Paul's um, neighborhood, God, we don't know all the circumstances, Lord. We don't even need to, Father. We don't even need you to give us revelation of what the circumstances are, Father. But you know this man's heart, Lord. For your word declares that you don't look on the outside, but you look at a man's heart, Father. So, Father, first off, Lord, I pray that you would give him the heart of David, Lord. Turn his heart so that his heart first desire is to seek your face, Lord. Father, your word declares that a man will plan out his own ways, but you will direct his steps. And then again, your word says the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord, Father. Lord, we know that we are not righteous based on our own works, as it says in Ephesians, for by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, Lord. But our righteousness comes through Christ Jesus alone, through the shedding of his blood on, on Calvary, Father. So, Lord, we stand before you righteous 
because of what you have done for us, Lord. So, Father, we ask, Lord, that you would establish him in your words, Father. Establish him in your truth, Father. Let your words be continually before his eyes, be continually before his ears, be continually before his heart, Father. And this season, Lord, that he is walking into, Father, and we know it's just a season, Lord. Father, we pray that you would give him a spirit of wisdom, Lord, and discernment and revelation, Father. Father, that he would even more clearly, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, hear your voice, Father. That he would more clearly, Father, be able to discern the direction which you are leading him, that you are leading him, Father. Lord, we pray for divine context, Father. Lord, that you would order his steps, Father, over the next couple days, Father, for the next two, three weeks, Lord. That you would align him into the place that you want him to be, Father, so that you can pour out a blessing into his life, Father. For the job and the opportunities that you have for him, Lord, that you would put him, Father, in the place that he needs to be at the right time, Father, according to your counsel. Father, your word declares that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Father, and we don't need anything but you, Father. So, Lord, we ask that you would provide every financial need that him and his family have, Lord, in your name, Father, according to your glory, according to your grace, Father, by your riches and glory, by Christ Jesus. Father, that you would be the God who is more than enough in their life right now, Father. Father, not only financially, Father, but emotionally and spiritually, Father, that you would bless them, Father. Your word declares that we would prosper even in our, as our souls prosper, Father. Lord, so I pray, Father, that you would give them the peace that surpasses all understanding, Father. Give them joy, Father. Fill them with your presence, Lord, because your word declares that in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy, Father. Father, for whatever the situation is that he's facing, um, Lord, let your will be done in this situation, Father. Since we don't know the details, but you know it, Father, we'll just say have your way in his life, Lord. Completely and totally have your way, Father. Take him from one glory to another, Lord. For his entire household, his entire family, Lord, Father, take him to a new level of glory in your presence, Father, a new level of glory in his relationship with you, Father. Set his eyes upon you, Father. Lord, set his, heart, his eyes and his heart, Father. Set his wife's eyes and her heart upon you, Father. Strengthen their relationship together, Father, and strengthen their relationship with you, Father. Let them be a glory and praise in the earth, Father. In your name, Father, that you would be glorified through every work that they do, Father. For your word declares that we're your workmanship, Lord. That you prepared works for us to walk in, Lord. That you would be glorified. Father, I pray that you would anoint them, Father. Father, you would clearly speak to them the calling and the anointing, Father, and the plans and the purposes you have for their life, Father. For your word declares that you know the thoughts you have for us, Lord, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give us a future and a hope, Father. You said to call unto you in Jeremiah 33, 3, and you would show us great and mighty things we don't know of, Father. And then again in Corinthians, Lord, you said that I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Father, so I pray, Father, that you would take your scriptures and bind them in their hearts, Father. Let your scriptures continually be before them, Father, to give them peace and safety and security, Lord. For your word declares that you are our refuge, Lord. Father, as it says in Psalms 91, he who bides under the shadow, I mean, he who dwells, 
in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty, Father. Lord, hide them in your presence, Father. Hide them in the sanctuary, Lord, of your embrace, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You know, um, Paul, something um, you were talking about earlier. Okay, what is, I'm reading one of the questions. What does seek God's face mean? Um, wow, that's a um, that's like a, a six-month lesson in seeking God's face. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it sort of goes with something I was about to say. Um, I, I watched a video, which I put on our blog, um, on the website a couple of days ago, and it was about developing your own history with the Lord. And um, what it means is this, is the fact that you can, in this world that we live in, you can duplicate almost anything. You can, if you wanted to, you could preach like someone, you could walk like someone, you could imitate someone's accent, you could talk like someone. But the one thing in this world that can never be imitated or duplicated is your walk with God. Because no one else has it. No one else ever will have it. No one else will have the experience that you have with God and the relationship and not just the knowledge of God because everybody has the knowledge of God. The Bible says even the demons know, believe in God and they tremble. Um, but I'm talking about the actual one-on-one -on -one relationship, that personal encounter that you have with him, which isn't always like a physical um, glory presence like they had in the Old Testament, um, where you walk and where his presence enters the room and you can't move, even though that happens at times. But just the communion, the daily talking, the daily relationship you have with him. You know, I work quite a bit, um, to give you an example, and um, my wife continually has to point out to me, because even after I get off work, help kids with their homework, we have cook dinner, and I may have like an hour or two before the broadcast starts on the nights I do it, um, there really isn't much time for me and my wife to sit down and really just talk and spend time together. Um, really not much at all. Maybe a couple of minutes in the morning before I walk out the door and then a little bit of time in the afternoon. And so every couple of days she'll have to stop and tell me that we need to sit down and just talk. And nothing, not really about anything particular because she knows pretty much everything that's going on in my life, but just to actually talk, to have a relationship. Because if you don't have that, you grow distant to people. And our relationship with God is pretty much the same way. Um, it's unique, um, like you would have with a spouse in a way. Um, from the time that you were born, um, you know, it says in Jeremiah 1, he was talking to Jeremiah, and he said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, I ordained you. Um, and that goes for everyone, including um, you, Kingdom, here. Um, before... You were even fashioned and formed inside your mother's womb. The Lord had already declared a, a plan and a purpose for your life. And from the time that you first met the Lord, every day, it's constantly a relationship and a building process of growing close to the Lord, developing a trust, developing a relationship. The more time you spend with someone, the more time you spend in communion with someone, the more you know what they're like, the more you know what their feelings are, the things that they approve of, the things they don't like. And a relationship with the Lord isn't any different. Um, it's like hearing the voice of God. Um, if you've never heard someone's voice before, um, it's sometimes really hard to discern what their voice is when you hear so many. 
But when you've spent a great deal of time with someone, um, like someone in your family, you could walk into a crowded shopping center or a crowded mall and have that one person whom you know shout out your name and you would look right away because you recognize the sound of their voice. And, you know, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of a stranger they won't follow. But sometimes you have to um, be diligent, and diligent is a good word to describe it. Um, you got to be passive and vigilant um, about pursuing the Lord and seeking his face. Because um, we don't want just the knowledge of the Lord. You know, it's great. It's great to have the knowledge of the Lord, but what's better than the knowledge of the Lord is intimacy with the Lord. It's having that oneness, that relationship, the intimacy where it says in the Old Testament, David, King David would stay on his bed, unable to sleep, because he desired the presence of God, the relationship that he had with God that much. He spent all the time in the field growing up when he was tending the sheep, just him and the Lord. And the Lord looked and he said, you know what, out of all the kings that I could pick for the house of Israel, I want this one. Because regardless of what he looks like, he's a man after my own heart. Because David had learned not to seek the glory. He had learned not to seek what God could do for him. But all he wanted to do was seek the Lord's heart. And, you know, that's what the Father wants. He wants people who want to seek him, who want a relationship with him. You know, the Bible declares that we're the bride of Christ. Well, what bride doesn't know anything about her husband? And um, and so, and, you know, and how do I put it? Um, Jesus, for example, um, if you read in, right before the Garden of Gethsemane, um, he would constantly be going off, spending time alone with the Lord. Even before that, throughout his ministry, night after night after night, he was constantly before the face of the Father because he knew that that's where all the answers were, that he he understood that the things that we see in this world are, are real, but they're not as real as what's in the spiritual realm, what's in eternity, what's where he is, you know, the Bible says that we're seated in a heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And, you know, we can look around with our eyes, and it makes absolutely no sense. It's just something it says in Scripture. And it's hard to actually perceive that because it's something that we perceive in our flesh. But having a relationship with God is something that surpasses the flesh. It goes into the spirit. And because it says that we were supposed to walk in the spirit, um, it's literally impossible to stop sinning if you're not walking in the spirit. Because it says... Um, when you walk in the spirit, you'll put to death the deeds of the flesh. And um, and it's about having a con continual communion with the Father, like Paul said, to pray without ceasing. And, um, you know, that's how you get the heart of Jesus, is by spending time with him. By spending so much time in the word that the minute the enemy comes in and tries to say something to you, the Holy Spirit can pull up a scripture that is in your heart, which is why David said, your word I've hidden in my heart that I won't sin against you. Um, whenever there's anything that comes up, whatever the obstacle is, whether it's a financial problem or it's healing or whatever else, you already have the answer from the word of God because you spend so much time 
in the Word of God that it becomes literally a part of who you are. It becomes part of your character. It becomes part of your nature. And you take on the God nature, and you start becoming like Christ, not because you were striving for it, but just because it's a natural progression from spending so much time with him. You start acting just like him. You start thinking like him. You know, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. But if you're not continually filling your words with it, with what with the Word of God, then it's going to be sort of hard. Um, if you're constantly listening to what the word set, what the world says about everything, then you're going to start thinking like they do. You're going to start believing like they do. But you know, we're not part of the darkness. We're part of the light. Where there's a difference between us and this world, which is that we have the hope of the living God. Um, you know, it says in First um, John. Um, where is this at? First um, John chapter twenty. Or chapter 2, verse 20, it says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, which means the Holy Spirit, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is in the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. You know, Paul said, um, I mean, not Paul, Peter, when Jesus asked who they were, um, or what men thought they were, or who he was, they kept giving different answers, and um, Jesus looked at him and said, well, who do you say I am? And Peter said, well, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father is in heaven. Because, and this is um, 1 John um, chapter 2, around verse uh, 20, 21. Um, you know, Peter had started to get revelation from the Father about who Jesus was. And that revelation only comes from spending time with him. Because when you're spending time with the Father, you start being able to understand his voice. Um and says in verse 24, Therefore let that abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If what you have heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who would try to deceive you, which nowadays is pretty much everybody. Um, and it says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and it is true, and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. And what it's talking about is the Holy Spirit, um, who, you know, Jesus said, all the Father has is mine. And therefore I say that um, the Holy Spirit will take of what is mine and declare it unto you. And um, part of our relationship with the Father comes through the presence and the relationship we have with the Holy Spirit who reveals to us Jesus Christ. Um, and it's a very long answer to a short question, but um, looks like a couple of our listeners actually dropped out of the chat room. So um, I was going to put some worship music on for a second, Paul, if that's okay with you. That'll work with me. Okay, well, this is Brand International Radio. Our call-in number 
638-8458. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Let the fire fall, let the wind blow, let 
<laughs> it's funny for um, um, about people that there's no different than somebody wanting to step out of line and start prophesying, telling somebody, the Lord tells me to tell you to pack up, be moved out, and be in uh, Bangalore, India in 10 days. And then you pack uh, up, <laughs> you end up in Bangalore, India, and you say, okay, God, I'm here. <laughs> you know, it wasn't no more a word from God than, you know, uh, uh, a supersized meal from McDonald's, you know. Uh, yeah. That makes you me know hungry what? saying that. You know what? Uh, Huh? Go ahead. Something I wanted to say since you mentioned that. Um, so for all of you who are listening, here's a, a good, um, I don't know, we'll just see how this goes. You know, when I was a um, when when I was a really, really young kid and I first met the Lord, well, the Lord met me, um, I, I didn't really want anything else but him or a relationship with him didn't really know much about the gifts until I heard about him, and then I was like, wow, those are calling when all of them. But, you know, sooner or later, I got prophesied over that I was going to be a prophet to the nations, and I was like, wow, that's cool. And that was great. I was excited about it. And then as time went on, I was like, wow, that's like the scariest thing I've ever heard of in my life. And um, not scary as in um, like frightening, but scary as in a holy reverence for speaking on behalf of God. And, you know, it's one thing to declare what the scriptures say over someone, which in itself can be prophecy. Um, Because sometimes God will give you a word from scripture for someone, and it's the best thing that could possibly be said to them, because the scripture will fit exactly in with what the Lord wants to do in their life. Um, But, you know, I've had opportunity on multiple occasions to prophesy over people, um, and I've, and this is going to sound weird to some of you, but I've never really wanted to, um, not that I want, but it was more of not that I didn't want to, or I didn't want to bless them or whatever, but it's a, it's a, um, for me, it's a very, um, it's a very humbling place to be. I don't want to ever say anything, ever use the words, thus says the Lord, unless I'm positive it comes from the Lord. Because um, there's far too many people out there, and I'm not going to point fingers or say anything. It's pretty much between you and the Lord. Um, but, you know, in the Old Testament, um, if someone claimed they were a prophet and they spoke a word and they claimed it was from God, it better have been from God because the um, punishment for, for lying was death. And um, how much more so now um, the effect that we have with the words that come of our ma- out of our mouth. You know, the Bible says that our words are living. And um, we have to be very careful and guarded with what we claim comes from the Lord, if it doesn't come from the Lord. Because you can destroy people's lives without even realizing it. And, um, you know, so, like, I know Chris has an amazing gift of prophecy. Um, and, but, you know, something that I've noticed about Chris and even for myself, I will never walk around telling this boasting or proclaiming that I'm a prophet. Um, 
you know, and some people do that, and, you know, that's fine. It's pretty much between you and the Lord, like I said. Um, some people want to go around claiming that they're an evangelist or they're this or they're this, and they'll put as a title in front of their name like doctor or whatever, um, which if the Lord says to do so, then that's fine. But my own opinion is, you know, God can place an anointing in an anointing on your life. He can put a mantle on your life um, to be part, be in um, one of the fivefold ministries. But your identity doesn't rest in the gift that you carry, but your identity rests in the relationship that you represent. As far as the gifts are one thing, but everything should start with the relationship you have with the Lord, and the gifts come out of that, out of the knowledge that we have of our place in the kingdom of God and our identities in Christ. Um, we walk in those identities in Christ, and the gifts of the Spirit are manifestations of that relationship and that we have with the Lord. It's not that I'm the, I'm a I'm a prophet or I'm a teacher or I'm an apostle or I'm a missionary or whatever else. It's no, I'm a child of God. I'm a son of the living God, um, a, a disciple of Christ. And then everything else is what comes after that. Um, so no one, you should never, you should be careful. I would say to never get so um what's the word for it um never let the calling that you have on your life become the identity of your life in Christ because he himself is our life he himself is our calling you know the bible says that he has become our exceeding great reward there's way too many people out in the world wanting to proclaim that they're something or the other because somehow it seems, and I could be wrong, but somehow it, it seems like they just get a little piece of the glory by doing that. But the glory doesn't belong to us. We didn't earn it. We didn't do anything deserving of glory. But all the glory, all the honor, all the praise will go to Jesus. It goes to him now. It'll go to him forever and throughout eternity. Not men, him. Because he's the only one that matters in the end. Um, anyway, um, we have a couple different people who have called in, so I'm going to go check the screen in real fast, Paul, and I will be right back. Okay. Well, uh, while we're on the air, got a little bit of time left. Um, I'm not sure who guest 884 is, but I do know we have a guest on the line with us tonight um, who is a truck driver. Um, his name is Ron. And on 50, on, uh, Jan on uh, excuse me, February 2nd was Ron's birthday. But his spiritual birthday is September 26th. Um, and it's amazing uh, to see what God has done in his life since I met him on September 26th. Uh, Ron's like me. He's a little bit older than me. Uh, and, you know, for 43 years, I did it my way for you know, 62, 63 years of his age, he did it his way. And, you know, he, uh, 
I've had Bibles around me. <laughs> you know, and it's amazing. In all the motel rooms that I was in, even as a heathen, I never took a Bible out of the, the I never took a Bible out of the motel with me. <laughs> you know, they, they say they always come up missing. But nonetheless, uh um I look back at the fruit and where Ron started at and where he is today, and it's gratifying. It's nice to see someone be led to the Lord. It's amazing how God directed my steps and he aligned everything. You know, I saw a man with his 18-wheeler on fire, and I wanted to go help him. Well, it wasn't that it was on fire. Um, his turbo was regenerating, and... Um, it was full every time he would reprime it or whatever, and it would regenerate. It would dump about five gallons of um, diesel down in the catalytic converter or something uh, down in the turbo. So whenever he would crank it, that whole pipe would just be cherry red. And uh, when I got up there, you know, he was talking in tongues. Yeah, he was talking in a tongue in English. Um, so, anyway, so Ron, even though he says I'm his spiritual father, it's backwards. I, I call him my spiritual father. Uh, Ron drives a truck. I want to pray for Ron. I want everybody to stand in agreement. Um In Jesus' name. Well, Heavenly Father, as we give you honor and praise today, Heavenly Father, this evening on the air, I want to lift my dear Heavenly Spiritual Father to you, Ron. Heavenly Father, we ask you that you give him revelation. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you pour out in your spirit on Ron. That you pour out the spirit of the knowledge of God that your word, that your wisdom, that your revelation, that your love and your patience, Heavenly Father, will be the driver of his heart, will be the entire makeup of his Christian walk, Heavenly Father. Lord God, as the Spirit of God, as your Holy Spirit pours out on Ron, Heavenly Father, we just ask you, Father, that it will, it will draw Ron to you, Heavenly Father. As we always speak, Heavenly Father, from the tongue, out of the mouth flows the heart. As I always tell Ron, God gives, God gives us ears to hear and eyes to see. And with discernment, when we listen to people speak, people speak. They just there there there's telltale signs in their language all the time. Pain, you know, resentment, regret, you know, uh all kinds of anguish, afflictions, affirmity. And as we walk, God puts these people in our life and sometimes it, it may just be, you know, a very kind comment. Because we're walking vessels of seeds. So, Heavenly Father, as we pray over Ron, Heavenly Father, Lord God, that 
we just pray a Psalms 91 prayer over his vehicle, over the 18-wheeler, the truck that he drives over the road, Heavenly Father. Lord God, we just lift up Ron. We put him in your hands, Heavenly Father. We surround him with angels, protection angels, Heavenly Father. We wrap him in a prayer, Heavenly Father, of Psalms 91, in the name of Jesus. As your word says, Heavenly Father, in Philippians, the thankfulness and prayer that I thank God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine making, request for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the very first day now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I thank God for putting in my spirit what Paul's talking about here. Um, talks about Paul and Timothy, bond servants of the Jesus, of Jesus Christ. It says here in seven, just as it is right for me to think this of you, because I have you in my heart, and it matches both in my chains and in defense and confirmation of the gospel. You are all partakers of me, of grace, for God is my witness. How greatly I long for you, all with affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, and that you may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which were by Jesus, to the glory and praise of God. Now, I think it's so awesome how God put that in my spirit to pray or to, you know, to tap into the prayer. Because when I met Ron, he had all the essentials. He had the Bible, he had the DVs, he had the CDs that his children had bought him. Um, I stumbled along to him uh, because of the boldness of God. You know, I asked him, has anyone ever told you that God loves you, has a great plan for your life? And he said, well, no. And I had my hand up sitting on his foot in the cab. I was on the ground. He's way up in the cab. And he was telling me my hand was hot. It was making his leg get hot. And we sat there and prayed for Ron. We led him to the Lord. And since then, if you've seen his walk, you know, now I understand that we're all being transformed. Um, but I like this, how it says, for your fellowship in the gospel from the day until now, being confident of this thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. 
Ron is the clay, God is the potter, and God is transforming him. He's got Ron sowing seed. As you always hear us talk about sowing seed, I have aligned Ron with some people that I know that are great ministers of the gospel. Apostle Diane Nutt out of Rockwall, um, uh, he started sowing in the Prayer International, not because of me, because last year I wasn't on the air with these guys. I was just in the background. You know, we were sowing seed into the ministry financially. But Ron now has a broadcast of farms of fertile soil ministries that he's sowing seed. He's got K-Love Radio. You know, and God's now began a good work in Ron. And to God be all the glory. So, Heavenly Father, as you just change and rearrange and transform Ron, Heavenly Father, we just pray over his life, Heavenly Father. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you reach his needs exceedingly abundantly more than what he can ever imagine, Heavenly Father, that you pour out a supernatural window of blessings on his life, Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. And, Ron, if you're listening, God bless you. I love you. You're very special and dear in my life, and Olivia's, and Bella's. And uh, we just want to send you our love um, from Kansas. And when you get home, go look in your post office box. Um, there's a big old jumbo seed in there for you. Hallelujah. God bless and amen. Amen. Uh, okay, we got we're 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 coming down uh to the you know, the last minute, so I'm gonna leave it give it to Ron. I think Christopher I I think he got hit by the Holy Ghost and he's been out slang all night. <laughs> amen. <laughs> well, I wanted to tell everybody uh for everybody who's listening, um um, if you go to our radio, our website, which is prayerinternational.org, uh, and you go to the left, there's a menu, and one of the options says blogs. And if you go to blogs, there is a four-part series that I just put on there um, not even an hour ago, and it's by a missionary named David Hogan. And the title of the series is Faith to Raise the Dead. Um, David Hogan is a, miss, a missionary in um, Mexico, and um he met, he actually um does evangelism to um a missionary work to some um Aztec tribes, like original Aztec tribes who still speak the original Aztec language. Um and um he liter him and his team literally will travel days and nights, um, sometimes six, seven, eight hours um over big huge mountains just to get to one remote tiny tribe to preach the gospel, and then they'll walk 8, 9, 10, 12 hours, however long back, and then they do it every single day of the week, him and his team. And they go into these places preaching the gospel and declaring the word of God and praying for the sick. And they have seen um, countless numbers of people get healed. Um, they've seen countless numbers of people actually be raised from the dead, like Jesus said. And because like David, one of David Hogan's theories is pretty much that um, if the Bible says it, he's going to believe it, and that's all that matters. Um, so it's a four-part series. It's really long. I think each one of the videos is at least an hour long. 
um, and there's four of them. Actually, the second one, I don't think um, the embedding works, so you may have to actually click the link and go to YouTube to watch it. But it literally, watch the four videos um, when you get a chance, because, I mean, literally those will change your entire outlook on Christianity and what's possible when you hear it from, you know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. I mean, but when you actually hear a testimony um, from someone who actually lives the life, um, out in the fields and doing the work of God and um, coming across um, demonic spirits and everything else. Um, it's, it's literally like um, reading, like listening to him is like reading some of the things that happens in the Old Testament. Um, but he's an amazing man of faith. So that's everybody's homework lesson for tonight and tomorrow. Um, as always, um, when we're not on the air, you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com, and we'll get to your prayers and, and, and respond and pray for you. Um, we'll be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. Um, so for Paul and Chris, who is somewhere, and uh, for me, uh, have a good night. We'll be praying for all of you, and everybody be blessed.
when day 